0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.
1: Hello, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. All right, y'all. Big day, big day. Because actually, Dr. Jack Wilson's on the other end of this interview. And uh, Dr. Jack, I want to tell you that how I know about you Is actually from the podcast guest that we just published. Uh, Her name is Jennifer Gibson. It's called Keep Breaking Normal. It was probably about six months ago. She sent me a screenshot of, or a picture of your book with this bison on the the front of it. I'm like, what? I'm like, Dr. Jack, paleocardiologist? Like the way to heart, the the natural way to heart health? I'm like, who is this? So I immediately downloaded it when I saw it on Audible and I listened to it and I loved it. I was just listening to a few clips right before I got on this call with you and I mean it's amazing how you are you go into the, like the depths and the reality from like a doctor's perspective about cholesterol, vaccines and pharmaceuticals and um, surgeries and then all the way to like the really the almost what people would think is like hippie crazy stuff to so, like AC and windows and uh, essential oils and soap and I even and how to sleep and I'm like this is my kind of guy and you were definitely breaking normal. And it's really a cool, honorable synchronicity to be sharing this space with you. And I'm excited for people to get to know more about you.
0: Yeah, no, uh, thank you so much, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be on. And, you know, I feel the same way about you. It's like, you know, you kind of know, you know, who's who's in the same tribe, you know, very quickly and also very quickly these days you learn who's not in your tribe. Like my three-year-old daughter, she's going up to people uh in in stores or if we're in an elevator you know because we also you know I live in Colorado but we also go back to Arizona where my practice is at and over there we rent um we rent a condo so we're in this 12-story building when we get on the elevator and invariably there's someone else on the elevator and my three-year-old daughter (laughs) turns to them and says did you have the COVID shot and like they're all amped up and uh and happy they're like, yeah, you know, you know, of course I did. I got the JJ or I got the Moderna or I got the Pfizer. And then my three year old daughter, she looks at them and she says, You're gonna die.
1: Wow, wow.
0: So, so again, uh, I, I guess this kind of circles back to kind of the whole premise of my book, the whole premise of my existence is to tell people. That are built, our bodies are bulletproof. Our bodies, if we give them everything that the body needs, take away what it doesn't, we're gonna be just fine. We're gonna be just fine. The people who die of heart disease, the people who die of cancer, the people who die of everything, they feed their body the wrong stuff. They live the unhealthy lifestyle. They have toxic thoughts. Those are the people who get sick from whatever, whatever you want to label that is. And again, heart disease, cancer, dementia, viruses, bacterias, pneumonias, there's always a cause. And if if we can reverse that cause, that's the answer. In my world, it's not statin drugs or blood pressure drugs, and certainly not aspirin. We're always looking for the ways.
1: Wow. Wow. You said so much there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's coming in hot, coming in hot. I wish I had some background music right now. (laughs) Man. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Let me see. I mean, first of all, aspirin. You bring up aspirin. What I know about aspirin, I think, they, are they the Bayer as well? And Bayer Didn't Bayer buy Monsanto? Uh, Bayer did buy
0: uh, Monsanto. I can't imagine it was a good business strategy, but the people at Bayer probably know a little bit more than what I do. Uh, as far as a move of what that was concerned. But uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Bayer is is obviously evil corporation. We could probably go back to uh, to their role in uh, some of the German uh, Boer Wars, you know, against the South African people back in the uh, uh, mid to late 1800s. And you can go into World War I, Germany, World War II, Germany. <clears throat> um, I mean, I, I think probably all, all governments, all peoples are bad, but Bayer is associated with Germany. Bayer is a very bad, evil corporation. The fact they bought up Monsanto is not a surprise. And, um, you know, Monsanto, of course, is the uh, company that provides the world with glyphosate. And, Daniel, I do very advanced uh, uh, urine testing on uh, urine and blood testing on all of my patients and clients and um, anyone who cares to ask. And we test people's glyphosate levels, and everybody is loaded with glyphosate. Everybody.
1: All right, so I want to talk about this, but real quickly, if someone's never even heard of this, like what is what is what does this mean?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, glyphosate obviously is the main ingredient in the pesticide Roundup. It's what everybody's spraying out in their backyard, and what, what they're spraying from the sky you know, for, for, you know, various reasons like glyphosate is every time you take a breath in, you're getting, you know, glyphosate and it's just some um, synthetic uh, chemical compound that looks to the body like an amino acid, glycine building block for protein. So for example, you know, we take, uh, we take your supplements and we take the wild elk liver. Well, the wild elk liver of course is loaded with amazing proteins. Well, one of those proteins building blocks, or one of which is glycine, glycine is huge, makes glutathione, does some fantastic stuff. And and the short of it is, is glyphosate interferes with glycine, and now you got uh, abnormal protein production. And as your listeners can imagine, once you have abnormal protein production, you're in a world of trouble. So we need to eat uh, all organic food. We need to eat free range grass fed. We need to eat wild seafood, try and keep our glyphosate burden as low as possible. And then of course, come up with detox strategies to get glyphosate out of the body. Let me say this final stream of consciousness thought here, the people who are in the highest level of pesticide exposure? Like the upper thirds, if you break it down into, you know, top third, middle third, bottom third, the top third of pesticide exposure has a three hundred percent higher risk of cardiovascular disease death. Crazy, crazy shit, man.
1: And who are those? What? what who would typically fit in that type of demographic where they had the highest exposure to glyphosate?
0: You know, I mean, uh, you know, you would assume it's it's your average, uh, you know, McDonald's cookie and cupcake eater, um, uh, Budweiser beer, Corona beer. Um, you know, again, just people who live the unhealthiest lifestyle. But then there's going to be some genetic component as well. Some people can can metabolize and, and and detoxify glyphosate better than others genetically. But in general, you would say again, it's it's the proverbial uh, you know even children again that are eating Doritos uh, or other products that come from you know Monsanto, any kind of uh, uh, wheat, soy, corn, all these Roundup Ready crops, GMO crops, you know, GMO GMO foods would be the highest offender. Yeah, probably.
1: And let's reverse to the beginning of what what your daughter passed along. Um, what do you? I mean, what? So are you? Do you think she's correct? What do you think about this vaccine? the, the new vaccine, the newest one. Well, I mean, I, we could I, go I, we could go throughout history, but let's talk about the latest craze.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the latest craze. I think you know once again is that um, we have to keep an open mind about everything. It's uh, this is not the 1970s where the uh, Marcus Welby MD comes in and says, you know, my way or the highway, take an apple, call me in the morning. Like the doctor would never say that. But, uh, you know, again, like, you know, these are my rules. Now we've got the internet. Now we've got podcasts and videos and, and articles and blogs. And so we can really do a lot, a lot, a lot of research and get to some fantastic information. So, you know, I would just as soon send a person to Daniel Eisenman, uh, for health advice than I would any other of the 40 cardiologists who I, uh, you know, left. But again, keep an open mind about anything. I mean, and the answer is, we don't know. We have, nobody knows. Like if, if Tony Fauci was the third person on this interview, and we were talking to Fauci and asking him questions and say, hey, what, um, you know, what are the, what are the, uh, the risks of uh, infertility after a year on this particular shot? He'd have to say, we have no idea. Um, what are the risks of heart attack or autoimmune or cancer after uh, uh you know a year with this shot? He'd have to say, We have no idea. So the point being is that we have no idea. We have no idea. People are gonna die, they're not gonna die. I guess we'll find out as time goes along, but we need to have the open conversation, and it's just so many people just live with their head in the sand and just don't ask the questions. They're like, well, I saw on CNN, I should do this. So I went over there and did that. And Now I'm back to my bottle of, uh, you know, wine and, uh, you know, uh, you know, pornography addiction. I mean, you know, that's, that's where people are at.
1: Wow. Um, the, I'm now let's just make it personal because I remember one of the things that I, a video, the probably the most polarizing video I ever did was with, uh, Davina's mom. Diana. And we were just talking about how we have not vaccinated Davina. was, it was pretty simple. I mean, I didn't even, I was like being extra politically correct. Diana was being a little more charged and I couldn't believe the responses we got, um, privately, privately, especially a lot of people that apparently apparently interesting word, um, their child, they thought their child were very different after the vaccine and, and they didn't know who to share this information with. It was a bit, that was the most shocking part. I was also shocked by like, I couldn't tell if these were like evil bots that were just trying to disseminate hate. The, I, I was like, what is, who are these people commenting such hateful things because we just shared our, what we did. I wasn't even really telling what people to do. So uh, thank you for being so Yeah. Open about these questions. I mean, do you have anything else to say about that? I don't know if you you have vaccinated your children and such. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, again, our, our children are, uh, they've never had an over the counter pharmaceutical, never had a pharmaceutical, never been injected with any kind of poison. Um, And, you know, I was, I was on CNN in 2015 during the measles outbreak. I was on CNN. I was debating another medical doctor and it got very heated very quickly. Uh, I was steamrolled by CNN and their agenda. I quickly, quickly, quickly got slapped by mainstream media. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of lessons from that, um, and then had 38 complaints to the medical board against me. We got all kind of hate mail and stuff like that. So I, I understand where you're coming from, but we also get a lot of support and we thrive off the love and the support. And we have to continue to be. A, an outlet for people to express their opinions, because again, they're not getting it in mainstream. They're not getting it from the government. They're not getting it from pharmaceutical companies. Everybody is under their, their thumb. And those of us that are speaking out against it again, yeah, we fa- we faced the backlash and is it just uh, the bots who are doing it? Is it social media that's kicking uh, people like us off their platforms and again, even walking around in society now, like if you choose not to wear an oxygen deprivation device over your face, uh, a.k.a. a mask, then you're some pariah in society. And now you're walking around like a natural grocery store and somebody comes walking by you and like whispers in your ear, wear a mask. And i are like, where would that come from? Who the hell are you? Get out of my freaking face. Um, but everybody wants to be in everybody else's face. Everybody wants to give everybody their opinions. And, um, again, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird time to be alive, man. It's a weird time. And you, you know, with a young child and me with four children, man, it's a crazy, crazy world to bring up a child into. And frankly, what kind of world do you want your child to live in? You know, a, a society wearing masks. And waiting for for uh, uh, injections and shots, uh, or a society that embraces health and wellness and sunshine and sleep and organic food and and organs and organ-based supplements like the best of the best. I I, I know where I want I want to live. I know where I want my children live. I've seen the other side. I lived on the other side. I was born and raised into the other side. I saw it. It's disgusting. Hospitals are disgusting. People, again, it's just, it's a world of sickness and we choose health and wellness and we choose longevity and we choose life.
1: Mm, mm, amen. Thank you for your choices there. And I like that you're mentioning the organ meets multiple times. I love the you know, how it happened when Jennifer, told me about the book and then I listened to it and then like tagged even something that I was like, I think what part of your book is sharing about how predators like sharks or lions when they take an animal down, they'll go for the liver first. I'm like, wow, this is pretty synchronous because I just started launching Tribe vitamins and it's really cool to hear all the testimonies that are continuously pouring in about that. And, you know, I look at that p- picture behind you. Uh, where is that? Do uh, You know where that picture is taken? Was I don't, I don't know where that was taken before first be uh,
0: child was was born. I, I'm not sure where <laughs> that was. It is it is spectacular and beautiful, no doubt. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we live in one of the greatest states ever. Um uh, and, uh, you know, and again, you know, back to the, back to the organs and talking about the organs. And I think what's great about, uh, taking supplemental organs, cause I mean, there's obviously there's other companies, you know, who do that. I think yours are, are just, uh, so good, so clean and all that stuff. And, and I don't have to you know blow smoke up about your products, but you know, we, we've taken a lot of stuff in the past because especially with the kids, like I get them to eat organs, but after they're about like, you know, five or six years old, they kind of really start fighting back you know with the palate on those things like my three-year-old she eat, she'll eat liver kidney heart we can sit down and have a great meal uh my nine-year-old son my 14 year old son uh my nine-year-old I could force my 14 year old he's at the point of like just give me the give me the give me the the capsules and i'll take the i'll take the liver that way and that's okay that's okay
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Well, I, I think about your book cover too, The Bison. And I think about this front range that I'm in and you being west of me and the glyphosate conversation. And I am curious, how do you, like for me, I, I do think there's something symbolic to how you're saying this cow culture, like you didn't say it, but I'm saying it, a cow culture, like where you're, you're domesticated, you're educated slash domesticated, you're put in the fence, you're vaccinated, you are, you are part of the herd. And it's amazing how humans are, they don't even have to be forced to do that. They'll actually consciously sign up to be like that. But I, and then I think about the bison and I think about the people that lived off bison liver and the rest of the bison, uh, before there were ever fences and pharmacies and finances. And, um, I just, yeah, I, I, I see that image and I feel that image and I, and I see it possible. I see it as a possibility. I mean, even here at this front range here, um, there's like this huge ass land for sale. I'm like, why don't we put a bunch of bison on there? Because I think it's too windy for housing development and such. But I'm thinking about like, yeah, put the animals, this land's strongest animal there, and it's like regenerate what we know. And um, that, yeah, I'm thinking about that. I don't know what you think about that. I don't know why you chose the bison for the top of your book. Like, I would love to hear any personal passions around that.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it represented just a beautiful image of power and strength and in a world right now where where, where vegans are, are really trying to uh, push their agenda on the rest of us, on the world, uh, and and some of the medical doctors have gotten in bed with that kind of philosophy, and I just think it's a, it's just such a losing proposition. You know, when I, when I was doing my podcast a couple of years ago, I'm sure you've heard of uh, uh, Lear Keith and uh, Aleea Keith uh, uh, put did a book called A Vegetarian Myth, and she was like, you know, vegan for twenty years, and how she almost died and suffered all kinds of like, uh, you know, uh, emotional and brain, you know, trauma from from you know from choosing that path. But you know, to me, again, medical doctors get zero training in nutrition, zero. And when I was a cardiology fellow in 2000, so I was doing my cardiology training program. I was in Orlando at the American College of Cardiology meeting. So the biggest heart meetings in the world. And I saw a debate between the, uh, the late, um, um, uh, it was Dean Ornish versus Robert Adkins, excuse me. So, so Robert, Ad- I need some more fish oil myself. So Robert Adkins, you know, versus Dean Ornish so, so Robert Atkins is a high fat, low carb guy and Ornish is low fat, high carb. So they're just two polar opposites. These, these medical doctors hated each other, but I walked out of there and I said, wow, high fat makes total sense, uh, animal fats. And he went and Atkins was, it was also about just like shoving soybean oil in your face. Like he didn't care where the fat came from. It was all about keeping your insulin levels as low as possible. But, um, and then that was my last experience with nutrition. And then when I met my wife, who's a doctor of chiropractic and I met her in 2000. Five, and she starts talking about all these things about nutrition and lifestyle. Then that led me to books like uh, the Paleo Diet by Lauren Cordain, and also Neanderthal by Ray Audet. And Neanderthal was just great. And then talking to other, you know, PhD anthropologists, paleontologists, and so on and so forth, and just doing my research uh, for the paleo And it's just like, it's just the, the hunter-gatherer diet is is the diet we've evolved with for millions of years. That's all there is to it. There's no society in the history of the world that uh, that's been vegan or vegetarian. Everybody eats meat and/or seafood, and um, that's that was the purpose of that. But again, even if you're not into paleo nu- uh, nutrition, it's also about the paleo lifestyle: getting outside, getting sunshine, adequate sleep, uh, like you said, living out uh, you know as much as you can, being out in the wild as opposed to part of the herd in the confines inside. It's a it's a perfect um, you know, I don't know microcosm or or uh, you know a, a analogy of of what the struggles are that we face. You're right. The wild bison versus the confined cow in a cage under artificial lights, being fed corn and soy. It's a it's a, it's a it's a horrific image, but it speaks well.
1: Man, man, yeah, I love the vigor. I love. Um, I. Lo- it's just ob- so obvious how passionate you are about. This and I like that you're living your dharma with it, and I highly recommend the book. Are you coming out with another one? I mean, that, that, that book is really good. I'm not, is that something else on the radar? What What is on your radar that well, you people know, might not know about or you want them to know about? Well, it's kind of interesting in the sense
0: that, um, uh, and by the way, my book is available for anyone for free who wants it. it's freeheartbook.com. All you do is pay shipping uh, and handling freeheartbook.com. And, um, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I love writing and I love talking in videos and I got some ideas for another book, but essentially it's kind of like, you know, you know, it's like I spilled the beans in that book of this is the way it's been done for the last million years. Like, you know, the books, the books, you know, a few years old and nothing's really changed. Uh, and, and certainly in my, you know, opinion of, Hey, Eat And, uh, eat and live like our, our paleo ancestors. And that's the solution, uh, to health and wellness, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, one of my favorite things now is, uh, it's coffee and I, you know, heart healthy coffee. I developed this brand called cardiology coffee, uh, another shameless plug over here. Um, so in the book I was a little kind of down on coffee as of 2015 but over the last few years the health benefits of coffee especially the right stuff I kind of changed my tune a little bit. You know when I first met my wife she was like, "Well, you know, coffee kills the adrenals and it causes leaky gut and it's an addiction." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I like I've been drinking it since I was 10. I you know, I just I love it." And um and she's like, "It's not healthy. You got to get rid of it." So I tried to get rid of it but then I got pulled back in and just started doing a lot more research uh, showing all the brain benefits, cardiac benefits, uh, anti-cancer benefits, longevity benefits. And then if you do like the good stuff, it's just a great strategy. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, you know, I, I got some other ideas for a book, but uh, you know, life happens as well. We'll see.
1: Well, thank you for that plug and thank you for offering good coffee. You know, my favorite part about quitting coffee was when I drank it again. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> I, I man, coffee. Woo! Let's talk well, about it. Well, it's like, man.
0: you know, I guess we all quit every night, uh, you know, when we go to bed and then we get to wake up again. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, is it a vice, is it an addiction? Uh, yes and yes, but it's a, it's a pretty, you know, darn good one. So uh, there's there's certainly worse things that people could do than drink mold-free, organic, pesticide-free uh, coffee that 5% goes back to an organization. You'll like this too. Um, we, you know, we set up a, 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 a benevolence campaign on this where 5% of all uh, proceeds, gross sales, goes back to a group called Friends of Honduran Children. So I found, because the coffee comes from Honduras, and I um, I, I really just found this uh, this organization uh, randomly on the internet, and I, and I called up the doctor. He's a uh, maxillofacial surgeon who started the organization 40 years ago. And I'm like, listen, I would love to be a part of this, but uh, I, I got to find, what does the money go to? Are you guys like sending down flu shots to, you know, to the Honduran children? He's like, not at all. He's like, he's like, we're down there. We are are setting up, uh, you know, clean water uh, facilities, shelter for them. We're sending down vitamins and minerals. And I'm like, sign me up. He's like, "No, we're not sending vaccines. You know, we don't we don't push vaccines on these children uh, at all." And I'm like, "All right, that sounds like a group that I'll be part of." So, it
1: was cool. All right. Well, for the sake of synchronicity and thank you for sharing all that and doing what you're doing with that and making coffee even cooler than it already is. Um, I, last night I was talking to my friend, one of my old college roommates. I had a few college roommates that are now either doctors or lawyers. And he was telling me about how one of his, our roommates didn't like there was this crazy conversation going on, and he realized, like, our friend didn't realize that raw milk has lactase in it. And um, it was kind of was reminding me of the point that you drove home that how little food or dietary uh, understanding or understanding is implemented for medical training. And when I think of like med- like the ultimate medical advice, kind of like let food be thy medicine. <laughs> and I'm just like wondering what you, how did you, where did, it, how did we go from that, like Hippocrates to where we are now? To, and that, uh, that's just so part of your personal story. I just want to make sure I hear any other things you want to say about that that might be coming up.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, let me say like, you know, raw dairy, I think is okay. We we do it as more of a treat. Uh, I wouldn't say it's paleo food. Our ancestors didn't go chasing down, right? Like one of these wild bison that happened to be nursing? It's young. And you're like, Hey, Mrs. Bison, stop. I'm going to come over here and, you know, milk your teats. Like that bison would stomp on your skull before you even, even thought, you know, got a word out. So, uh, as far as that's concerned, but, you know, really, as far as as far as the takeover of medicine that happened in the year 1911. And that had to do with the John D. Rockefeller of Standard Oil, oil baron, billionaire before there was billionaires. Um, the, I mean, the guy like ruled the world and he commissioned the Flexner brother, Simon and Abraham Flexner to uh, eventually produce what became known as the Flexner Report. And anybody can go Google the Flexner Report. And during that, the the whole premise was to squash the the health industry at the time and shut down all of these natural schools, chiropractic schools, osteopathic schools, and shut down even medical schools that did not meet that kind of uh, criteria and solely put them into the pharmaceutical agenda. So these guys knew in the early 1900s that pharmaceuticals were the future because Rockefeller was looking to diversify from his oil empire. And he knew that petroleum-based products could be made into pharmaceuticals. They could be uh, uh, studied and researched and used in a synthetic way to inflict changes in the human frame. And that was... Really, how, how natural medicine died in the early 1900s? It was Rockefeller and the Flexner report, and we're all subjugated to it now. Again, like your medical, you know, your buddies, uh, myself, my buddies, from day one, it's just about pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. One of my favorite day, you know, one of my favorite days of my life uh, at the time was was the first prescription I got to write. It was just kind of like it was just like. Uh, so it's like it's like uh you know versus in the jewish religion it's like becoming a man you know it's like you're becoming a doctor you're writing prescriptions uh you know for people and uh it's it's just horrific it's it's just it's sad and how the the american society just doesn't get it how they choose not to get it how they live in the matrix right i mean you know, there's so many movies again that really, you know, are so fitting, and so many books that speak to what's happening right now. It's like people didn't you see the movie The Matrix? Like you're living in it. You're living in it. Whether it's it's the it it is a real physical thing that we're alive, and it's kind of like okay, hey, we're in the Matrix, or or you know, I don't want to get too woo woo on everybody or deeper than we already have down these rabbit holes, but
1: um, not, well What not other much books and movies? Sense, right? what other books and movies come to mind i mean i like that i like that is because it is quite it is so chaotic what's going on in our culture then like maybe we can people love list like oh i can read these three books or watch these three movies over the next two months you have anything that comes to mind well i mean i
0: I will say that this is that um uh, you can get uh you know obviously my book is a great resource there's another really good book by, by by dr tom Cowan, C-O-W-A-N. He's got some excellent books. One of which, he, his most recent one, is called "The Contagion Myth," uh, and what he postulates in there is—and he's getting this from other doctors and researchers as well—is that there actually is no virus; that it is all something else. And whether that something else is five G or something that's in the food, um, or uh, you know something again that's in the environment, something is making people sick, and that viruses are not something that's contagious. Like if I sneeze onto you, there is not a a, a virus uh, or like a little tiny particle that's coming out of me that's infecting you and multiplying you. And really what he talks about in his book is something that's very important, and that's called Koch's postulates. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Koch, uh, in the mid-1800s, he was is a bacteriologist back then and you had to satisfy certain criteria in order to in order to prove something was infectious so if i am sick you have to take blood or sputum or something from me and be able to isolate some kind of pathogen and then you have to take that pathogen and inject it or have something breathe in that pathogen, and then have the same symptoms. So it's four steps. Take the stuff out of a sick person, isolate it, inject it, wait for symptoms. And the current pandemic does not meet those criteria. In fact, they can't even isolate something uh, that needs to be isolated. They, they, you know, it's hard to say again, like, you know, they say they're isolating something, a spike protein, but again, that, that spike protein and coronavirus is, is already inside all of us. We've all got some of it. And if you put some blood or sputum or nasal swab inside of a machine and you amplify the genetic material that's in there, you will eventually get whatever you want it to be. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've heard quite a bit about this. Um, yeah, so I think that I didn't know there was a, a book about it actually. That yeah, a so good it, was, you know,
0: it, was, it was the contagion myth, and then, like anything, man, I, I'm a freedom guy, I'm a freedom guy. Um, I, I love rules as long as I get to make the rules, but that's not really a freedom person. So let me just say, you know, I love, you know, the Fountainhead, uh, you know, Fountainhead Atlas Shrugged, all the stuff by Ann Rand, that's like critical high school reading. And then of course you can read 1984 and you can read Fahrenheit 451 and you can read, uh, again, I, all, all those books kind of like in the 1950s that were, uh, predicting, a world of government control um and uh you know from the people who lived in it you know the, you know the orwell's the bradbury's the people who saw what's happening you know right now and i, I mean i never thought it was going to happen in 2020 like i thought maybe by 2030 you know they would trot out this thing you know and they say you know kind of like the evil people always show their hand you know so whether it's uh, like a dustin hoffman movie uh, you know, from, you know, from years ago, like Contagion or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever kind of thing they put out there, they're showing us what's going to happen. And, and even, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates, and they had that, um, um, uh, uh, you know, thing that they put together in, in 2019, which was supposed to be a, a really, a, a meeting, where they were talking about what would happen in, in the next pandemic and then boom, like the, the next pandemic happened two months later, or even ID 2020, where in ID 2020, they're talking about injectable um, uh, medical information that they inject into you to determine your your health status, vaccine status, These, you know, basically what would amount to be travel, you know, passports that are injected into your body. They talk about ID2020.org. I don't know if it's still there, but it was obviously for months and months.
1: Wow. All right. Here's a question (laughs) the pharmaceutical thing that it's almost personal in a way because I think some of like the greatest figures or most inspiring figures that I've known have um, like Andy Irons. There's this book, there's a movie called uh, Kissed by God. I think it's called Kissed by God. And he was arguably the best or second best or third best surfer in the world, but he got into opiates. He got into the opiates. And man, I how common of a story, like how can we end this opiate story? Is, that seems to be one of the worst pharmaceuticals. But I, my question to you is like, what are the Carmen? Do you hear that crazy dog? I'm gonna. I'm this is my sign. I might actually start training dogs in Boulder. Anybody's listening, and I'm not. And actually, I'm gonna start training pit bulls specifically. This is my omen. But, um, where are the most common pharmaceuticals people are entangled in that they should not be and that there's a much better way?
0: Well, I think you know, I mean, ultimately, there's always a better way than pharmaceuticals. I think you know, pharmaceuticals have a time and a place, but, um, Uh, You know, essentially we need to get people on the right nutrition, the right lifestyle, use evidence-based supplements, use chiropractic care, use massage, use acupuncture, use whatever modalities we have, use uh, even, even, uh, you know, CBD, uh, uh, marijuana products. I'm for all that kind of in that sequence. And then if CBD, marijuana fail, then you can step into opiates. Uh, but again, yeah, there's just so, you know, it's, it's so easy for a doctor, especially a frequent opiate you know, prescriber, just somebody walks in, uh, the, their medical insurance is collected up front, uh, payment comes in. Hey, Mr. Smith, how you doing? Here's your prescription Bye. next person. And now you rifle these people through. And that's again, how doctors are trained. They're not trained as far as other modalities to help people with pain. Probably is a little bit better addiction medicine now, certainly than it was you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But um, you know, uh, you know, pain is a bad thing. We don't want people to be in pain, but let's try and exhaust all the other options first.
1: Awesome. I, I love how this is flowing. It's almost like, like a popcorn style question because I we are approaching like the 44 minute mark probably pretty soon. So i gonna I will keep asking you some questions because let me put it this way. I don't interview authors to ask about their book necessarily. I, I'd rather know, the, find out something about the author that you might not be able to find out in the book. <laughs> and uh, now what I'm saying is go read, if you're intrigued, go check out the book. And in the meantime, what about oils? You know, you're talking about this like Rockefeller oil thing of shifting uh, food as medicine to something else. And then I think about like the oil, actually uh, more literal to coconut, like olive oils. And I actually think of canola oil. Canola oil, I determined in my whole life, um, I think I'm pretty resilient. But if I ate canola oil, I got what people would call acid reflux. So I no longer eat um, (laughs) that oil, canola oil. What's your opinion on oils? And if there's any other strange symbolism you want to tie into there, I'm open to it.
0: Well, um, I I mean, I guess I would say this is that obviously, you know, whole food is probably always the best. Coconuts are amazing. So is coconut oil. People in the South Pacific, they live on coconuts, coconut meat, coconut water, coconut oil, 50 to 60% of the diet. Nobody gets sick and they all smoke. Um, olive oil, olives. Obviously, our ancestors have been eating olives for a long, long, long time. All the data from the Mediterranean research and Mediterranean diet, all the Mediterranean trials show that that you know those kind of oils are very healthy as well. But when you get into a synthetic product, when you get into something that's so highly processed, like the rape seed plant that comes from Canada, which Nobody's going to buy rapeseed oil, uh, but they'll buy canola oil, which comes from Canada, canola, Canada. So it's Canada oil that it's shortened. And again, it's just a highly processed, highly contaminated, loaded with with, uh, uh, um, you know, pesticides, herbicides insecticides that are in there and it's just uh, very very unhealthy so now what happens is is that your body is craving craving oils that are coming from seafood that are coming from nuts and seeds that are coming from fats that are coming from animals and now you mix in something synthetic like a canola oil and your body doesn't function your body needs the fuel to function and if you give you know diesel fuel to a car that only takes gasoline, it's not going to go. So when you feed our bodies diesel, AKA GMOs, uh, canola, uh, uh some of these other, you know, uh, plant-based oils, it could be sunflower oil, safflower oil, obviously corn oil. These are all just, uh, you know, again, synthetic, uh, we uh, produced. And, and even when organic soybean oil, our ancestors weren't soybean oil uh, eaters, but they certainly ate coconuts. They ate avocados. They ate free-range grass-fed meats. They ate wild seafood. That's the way to go.
1: Rasta. And what about the, all right, so you, this is a theme that I want to make sure that I include. So maybe you can even illuminate it for me, but I think the people that are getting the best results from tri-vitamins, which what is tri-vitamins is uh, it's desiccated, AKA freeze-dried raw, raw freeze-dried bison liver milled and then put into a capsule and from 100% grass finished fed bison. And my understanding, there's this thing that like heme iron versus other type of irons, they're phantom plants. And then there's these iron supplements and i'm i'm starting to real i've heard that like there's a danger with these iron supplements that don't have because like the liver the bison liver has uh, z- uh, zinc and copper and iron and all the other micronutrients that god put in there however you look at that and i've heard like this controversy about iron supplements and they could be even dangerous and I'm just wondering what your opinion on is on that, like that as an example with the liver versus an iron supplement, and just like bioavailability in general um, with supplements versus foods, and what you think about that. If anything comes up,
0: well, I think you know supplements are there to supplement the healthy lifestyle. So if we do all the healthy lifestyle things, and this is where supplements come in uh, again, even the best diets, they're still deficient in certain nutrients. Uh, broccoli from from California is not the same broccoli that originally came from from Asia. Yeah, it, even if it's organic, it's still uh, it's still subjected to the soil, to the air, to the water. And then most of us have a lot of catching up to do. You know, for the first 35 years of my life, I wasn't the healthy uh, healthy person by any stretch until I met my wife, who saved me from uh, a certitude of, of death like my father uh, before me, who died way too young, and essentially. If I, if I look at your your um, uh, tribe vitamins and your liver product, it's essentially, if you're not eating that food, then you probably should be doing tribe vitamin. That's, that's all there is to it. And it's fantastic, I think, for kids as well. And like you said, it comes in its natural form, the way humans have been eating for a million years. What humans have not been doing for a million years is trying to get all their iron from spinach. And they're certainly not Trying to get it from the pharmacy in some kind of tablet form that's just a straight, you know, ferrous sulfate, uh, you know, product or some kind of an iron supplement. And you're right, those can be dangerous because those can lead to iron overload. Iron is a very reactive metal, and when taken in its, uh, uh, you know, solitude form. Uh, it can easily stack up in the body and people with high levels of iron leads to high levels of ferritin. And those people tend to die a lot younger than those people who don't consume, uh, you know, those people who don't have high levels. So, I mean, essentially, I guess what I would say, uh, you know, Daniel is, you know, check your iron, check your ferritin, see where numbers are at. And, um, uh, you know, and, and that's probably true for any product. I mean, I mean I'm a big lab testing guy. I, I think uh, the world's too sick, too polluted, too dangerous to just kind of like do it on your own and be like, hey, well, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, eat super healthy and, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I, I think we need more information now in the 21st century. There's too much toxicity to the world, but uh, stick with it. Stick with the liver desiccated from the best source on the planet and and we're good.
1: I like, it. yeah yeah, I have a few uh, fighters that are becoming interested in it, and I, I've been like you know I think the dosage on the capsules are good because I don't, I, I don't have too many people that are eating too much of this. Um, but I do know for myself that um, I did I did a fitness challenge and anyone that's listening that wants to do it, I threw this challenge out there anyone that wants to do 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups and 100 kettlebell swings a day, six days a week. For four weeks straight, and I'll hook them up with a free month supply. So I just did that, and I do think there is something to this liver with this this anti-fatigue. There's some sort of stamina that comes from that as food that I'm highly intrigued by, and uh, yeah, I'm happy that you you are as well. It seems. Well, I I
0: mean, I mean, but obviously, I mean, you didn't even mention like all the other. I mean, like the the liver is the most. Nutrient dense organ in the body, so you know. Like we talked about in the beginning, it's how they how the uh, uh, orca whale attacks the great white shark and knocks it unconscious, then comes around for another, you know, lap, and then just takes out its liver, and the shark drops to the bottom for the scavengers, and the orca whale is happy. So when we give our body, I mean, all those, I think when you're consistent. With the organ uh, products, and of course, only when they're the best. That's when, again, you get that energy, you get that vitality, you get that life force back that is just so necessary. And uh, I'm not going to accept your challenge right now for the hundred pull-ups. Um, I can do the hundred push-ups, but uh, I got to get in shape for the for the push for the pull-up uh, portion. I, I got uh, too much of the dad bod going on right now too busy on on kind of the medical side. But, you know, we love to get outside and we, uh, you know, again, we live here in the mountains of Colorado, uh, mountain biking, stand-up paddle boarding, kayaking, uh, of course, all the winter sports. The, you know, the, the more people, the more people live outside, let, let, let me give you kind of two parting messages here. Number one, the more you're outside, the longer you live, that's number one. The more you're outside, the longer you live. And then number two, your skin is a solar panel. Your skin is a solar panel. It's not there to put makeup on and lotion on, and it's not there to get like a skin tag cut off or, oh, I wonder if this is cancer. Your skin is a solar panel. And if you don't get it outside in the sun, just like indoor plants, you're gonna die. So get outside in the sun, smart sun, get outside. The sickest people on the planet uh, live the farthest away from the sun. And um, yeah, get sun.
1: Wow, Wow. well, it's interesting because I've been to every state and where I live now is I would say the sunniest place I've ever lived.
0: Yeah, yeah, you never think about that as Colorado, right? But uh, man, we definitely get a lot of sun here, and especially up at elevation, we do. So
1: you're awesome. I'm excited to uh, hang out with you in these in this epic place that's called Colorado. And um, man, just um, I'm I'm ex- uh, yeah, I have a good I have a good future memory from this. I'm not. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we include before we say goodbye? I mean, your skin as a solar panel is probably the title of this episode. With Dr. Jack Wolfson.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I would say there's so much to unpack and stuff like that. But I think, you know, listen, Daniel, trust your body. Trust the wisdom of Mother Nature. If we can get everybody to kind of understand that, like, you know, now in 2020, when people are isolated, they're alone, they're afraid. Chapter five of my book is called One Nation Under Prozac. Uh, Everybody takes Prozac for all their mental health conditions. Mental health issues are all linked to a higher risk of cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, early death, cardiomyopathy, AFib, you name it. And, um, you know, there's a better way. There's a better way. Just, you know, get out of the cycle of fear, get out there and enjoy life, embrace life, and understand that if you give your body what it needs, take away what it doesn't, you're good. Thank you.
1: I'm excited to play with you and your family soon. we will got to get the kids together and let's do it with sure. that, like that idea of hosting some sort of experience for the people that love this interview. Um, I love it. Seed planted, love it. Love it. Love it. especially here in the springtime. So thanks again. And I'll look forward to seeing you soon.
0: You got it, brother. Thank you.
1: All right. Take care, man. <laughs>